What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we go ahead and dive into this month's Discord Decides. Oh, yeah. It's January. It's the end of January. Actually, the day this comes out, it's the last day of January. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, it was time for our Discord Decides of the month. We thought long and hard about the theme this month, and we decided to go on kind of a play on the new year. And so we decided to do New Beginnings, which was going to be focused on movies that have characters who have probably like nefarious backgrounds, maybe, and are trying to start a new life. And so actually, this the movie that we're talking about today was like one of the first movies that popped into my head when coming up with this theme and that mm -hmm. is the movie orphan mm -hmm. and i i find it funny that um not only us but apparently our discord homies as well are stuck in 2009 because we're doing another movie yeah. from 2009 uh mm -hmm. two weeks in a row i i i just chuckled when i saw it. i was like how did that happen where it's a little blast from the past it's like once you go back there you're kind of stuck there for a little while you're reliving all of the glory days i feel perhaps. like that when we were young tours just got all of us millennials kind of fucked up right now <laughs> <laughs> everybody's in a shook everybody's in a tizzy um earlier today on our car ride home i had to listen to a little punk goes crunk um in honor of last week's episode mm -hmm. and the lovely um punk covers in that movie had me had me inspired so it's just yeah it's just been an early 2000s kind of kind of vibe lately i'm here for it i don't mind yeah i'm not complaining and you know what i will say i don't think i've watched this movie since i was in high school mm -hmm. like i I cannot exactly pin down the last time that I saw this, but it felt like it had been a hot minute and I'm going to go ahead and just final answer it and say that the last time I watched this was probably like 2010, 2011. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably same. I think I've seen this once before just because I, I know I knew the twist at the end. Um, so I was like, I've seen this, but it's been, it's been a second. Mm -hmm. Um, and this one was also like a pretty, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? This th this was a pretty definitive Discord decides this month. Like we had oh, yeah. we had some other fun options, but it felt like the Discord homies really wanted to hear the orphan thoughts. Um, that sounded worse than I <laughs> planned it to. <laughs> they wanted to hear our thoughts on orphans, so <laughs> we're excited to talk about it today. Um, and this isn't your orphan Annie, folks. This is uh, this uh, this is a little bit different. This is a little bit spicier. We shall say a little shadier than the sun will come out tomorrow. This is more like <laughs> I'll slit your neck tomorrow. <laughs> 
sung by Esther in the in, in the bathroom. In the bathroom in the key of C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a good time while rewatching this. Um, this movie stressed me the fuck out, so I'm ready to relieve that stress through <laughs> our conversation. Because um, yeah, I was. I that's the thing. I mean, I always knew this. Like, I remember this movie stressing me out mm-hmm. when I was younger, and it still does. And um, also, there are. This is another one of those movies where I often caught it on TV the exact same part. So I remembered the ending of it a lot and the beginning of it. Like the I'd say the first like hour of it was not met. I was like, this could have been a this feels like a brand new movie to me. I don't remember any of this. Mm-hmm. And then the last hour was more familiar to me. Um, so I got like a half and half. I got like kind of a new movie and kind of a familiar right. movie um but okay okay i was well, i'm interested to hear your thoughts and how you felt yeah uh, me too because i we've never talked about this movie before like to no, each other no 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 i don't think i've talked so. about this movie to anyone honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah, to i don't think i've fair. had an orphan conversation I, I gotta stop doing that i gotta <laughs> I, I gotta watch how i'm phrasing these sentences you got it you got it it's fine <laughs> i haven't often talked about orphans to my friends but um today is gonna be a little bit different the homies get it um but without further ado Let's go ahead and see what the heck is going on with Esther. Because something ain't right. (laughs) Something is truly not right. True, true. All right, homies. We're entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, we're talking about Orphan from 2009. This was directed by Wame Colasera with a story by Alex Mace, starring Vera Farmiga as Kate Peter Sarsgaard as John, Isabel Furman as Esther, Jimmy Bennett as Daniel, and Ariana Engineer as Max. Motherhood has been difficult for Kate Coleman. After a stillbirth shakes their family and a drinking problem strains her marriage, Kate is ready for a fresh start. This leads the family to Esther, a bright young orphan at the St. Marina Orphanage. Esther seems to be the perfect fit, until a string of mysterious happenings has Kate questioning Esther's past and her present intentions. Insert playground beatdowns, Russian roulette, and uncomfortable charcuterie boards here. Our film concludes with Esther's secrets coming to the surface and the Coleman family struggling to stop her wicked plans before their family is no more. Also, next time, maybe do a background check. Roll credits. Okay, so before we even get into the movie, Mm -hmm. 
Did you do like a little bit of background on the if this was like based on a true story or not? No, I did not. Is it? So I don't I don't think that it was in I don't know if it was actually inspired by this story. Okay. But there is a story that I found that kind of has similarities to the plot. Uh-huh. And Ooh, that tell. happened. Oh, don't you worry. <laughs> don't you worry. Okay, so it looks like this case uh, occurred, I want to say, in 2007 is what okay. I, it's looking like. So two years before this movie came out. That's why I'm like, I'm not entirely sure if it inspired it. Because as you know, like, as you homies know, I hope by now that because we talk about it all the time. But, you know, they start people are doing scripts and, and premises and stuff like that. I mean, they're working on those for years. So like right. they might have already had this kind of a script and stuff in mind and had already started working on it by the time that the story became news. Um, so I don't know if it was inspired, but it's a similar tale. Just, I guess, to say that things like this can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is the case of Barbara, I believe is how it's pronounced, Barbara Skrolova. Um, and it was a national news story, although I didn't hear about it. But then at the same time in 2007, I wasn't I wasn't really checking for the news. So right, I don't know why right. That's not going to be weird or anything. <laughs> um, but it's uh, a tale about. An adopted boy in Norway who went missing and it was discovered that he was actually a 33-year-old Czech woman. But the story behind it is that Barbara first committed crimes in the Czech Republic. So she lived with two sisters, Clara and Katerina, and Clara's two children. So Clara was a woman who was suffering from um, some mental issues. Her partner had separated from her prior to the event. So she was in like a very vulnerable state of her life. And she invited her younger sister, Katerina, to come and live with her to help her take care of her two sons. And they met Barbara at a university. And so she moved in with them. So while she was there... She kind of did what Esther did in the sense that she would like do all of these things where she would make it seem like Clara's sons were misbehaving. So she would act like they were breaking things or like they were doing things around the house. Mm -hmm. And then she would convince Clara, like manipulate Clara into um, like punishing them and increasingly the punishments got more and more violent until finally she had convinced them to lock the little boys in the basement in like a cage and leave them down there and like not not feed them just like leave them in the basement basically Uh uh-huh and eventually a neighbor called the police and told them that they were concerned that there was abuse happening in the household. So when the police got there, they arrested Clara and Katerina, but Barbara went into the basement and she cried. She was like crying in front of the cages when they went down there. And she convinced the police that she was a 13 year old girl that they had adopted and that she was also being abused. So as a result, she didn't get punished, like she didn't get in trouble 
they basically uh-huh. like let her go and then she was brought in by another family where she was pretending to be their adopted son i don't quite i couldn't really find information about that family like i don't know mm-hmm. if that second family knew who she actually was and we're like yeah you can pretend to be your son all right editing erica here with a little bit more information about this case um i did a little bit more research after the fact just to see if i had everything correct and i did actually find a video on youtube uh the channel is called true crime investigations and they had a little bit more information than the articles i had read had um so if you guys want to look and watch that whole video then you can look them up on youtube however the only things that i had missed really were what happened after the fact um when she became adam also in the video one of them calls her Barbara and the other one calls her Barbora. I am still unsure of the correct pronunciation. Uh, so I'm just going to continue saying Barbara for now. But basically, um, a little bit more came out about when she was found as Adam because she actually was found. So after they took her from the home, they put her into a child care shelter and she went missing from there and it turns out that there was a real adam and adam's real parents i guess he must have gone missing and adam's real parents took barbara in and helped her pass as adam they even used adam's real passport to help her get into norway and she received that from his father so they knew the entire time that she was not adam they were passing her off as him she was going to school uh the teachers did remark that she had strange behavior but they said you know it's when children are children you can't really put too much on that they're still finding themselves and so they assumed that she was a young boy she shaved her head she binded her breasts to help sell the idea and so for a while nobody thought anything of it um of course though she eventually went missing however they eventually found her they found out that she was hiding because she was trying to escape testifying in the original case with the child abuse uh, for carla's children They brought her in and she did get jail time, but she only got five years of jail time and then five years of uh, probation afterwards. So she is free and out and about. Um, And the two sisters in the original case also only got 10 years for that. So that is that on that. That is what I figured out for the rest of that case. And I just wanted to give you guys an update with the additional information. And then there's another case that happened a year after Orphan. I did not put include. I didn't really think that that one matched too, too much because it's a lot of like he said, she said, where the wife is saying that the daughter tricked them and is actually an adult. But then the husband is saying, no, she's not an adult. She's a child. And they really Mm -hmm. don't know how old she is. Um, but the wife was comparing it to the plot of Orphan. I didn't include that because, like, I don't, they haven't come out and really said if she's actually an adult or a child. So, right. Yeah. Interesting. You know, 
that's wild to me that there are people out there who can get away with that. But it's also I gotta I gotta throw it out there that um, despite whatever manipulation um, our our friend Barbara here was doing, uh, the fact that you put your kids in a cage in the basement. Right. I I don't know how much nudging Barbara necessarily had to do if that was in their capacity to do. You know what I'm saying? To get to that point, no. It, I mean, yeah. It how? Come on now. Unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. And like, I read this one article where they listed the mother as a victim as well, and I was like, um. I think the true victims in this crime were her sons, but mm-hmm. go off article. Like I, I just was <laughs> weird the way that they framed it. Cause I'm like, yeah, the mother was manipulated, but at the same time, you, that may have happened anyway. Like how I, I don't care how manipulated you feel like you were the one who chose to put your children in cages and like leave them in the basement. It's like I said, I don't know if Orphan was taking from that because they're they're different. They're it's a t- Orphan is like a totally different situation. But the one thing they have in common is a person who is able to pass as a child. Yeah, And um, also the fact that they were both 33 is kind of interesting, too. I wonder right. if I wonder if maybe like Orphan had existed already, like they were already like in the stages of it and the actual age when we get to the spoiler shit was maybe added in post the story that you're talking about you know what i mean just Mm -hmm. to like potentially connect the dots or something like that you know how movies will do that sometimes be like right look at these two things that are kind of similar right because if they had done that they definitely could have thrown on that like based on true events thing (laughs) every movie that has like even a name in common with a real person that lived will say based on actual events true but i mean i'll give it to him like orphan this movie the premise of it is is pretty terrifying like the idea that you could accidentally adopt like basically a satan spawn um is that's that's pretty scary because you know you're you're out there trying to do some good in the world you're trying to provide a home for somebody who's not going to have a home you know you're really you're you're putting your best foot forward here and then unintentionally you let the devil into your house and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's not fair for any party involved yeah well and i guess i i was reading about it too and i guess that um people were really upset like people who had adopted and also just like adoption agencies around the world when this trailer came out they were really upset because of the line that's where Esther goes, it must be very hard to love a child that's not your own, that's mm-hmm. not really your own. That line that she has, they were like very upset about that being in the trailer and they were really worried that it was going to affect adoption numbers around the world. And I def- and so they cut that they cut that line out of the trailer, but it's still in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um And I could honestly, I could see how, like, if you were a child that was adopted and you caught that trailer on TV, I could see that being upsetting. Yeah. And especially, too, I think back in 2009, adoption agencies were really fighting to absolve this stigma that may have possibly been 
around adopt adoption, which I think nowadays like adoption has increased, but we're still nowhere near what it could be. And that is doubly true, I think, for people who are for children that are already in foster care and are older. I think you do have a lot of times where kids are not adopted because they are older. And so a movie like this could be seen as being harmful and and just adding to an already harmful viewpoint that some people already have about that. So I, could t- I totally understand where they, they, where they were coming from. But I do think that this movie does a good job of making it very, very clear that adoption is not the issue. Esther is the issue. And this is a very, 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 very rare instance where some crazy shit like this could happen. But mm-hmm. of course, when the trailer comes out, nobody's seen the movie yet. So they don't right. know they don't know what's really going on. The mo- the trailer is very much putting it off like, hey, this little child that we adopted is horrible and mm-hmm. is affecting my family. Like, that's what was shown to the world. So, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, a question to you, too, before we, like, dive in. Uh, do you have any experience with, like, adoption or, like, anything in that world? Because I don't. Um, so I don't really know anything about, like, the systematics that go behind adoption and, like, what happens and all that stuff. Um no, um, so I do not. However, my best friend growing up, her mother would foster kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that like that I was familiar with that, like fostering. And so like, she, you know, she didn't uh, she wasn't adopting them, but she was just bringing them into her home until they found their forever home kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so that was like my first introduction to the idea of adoption. And also I've had friends that have been adopted before. And I mm-hmm. the people that I know, like they've all had fantastic experiences being adopted. Their families were really loving. They, you know, acclimated very well and they're very comfortable but i don't know like the ins and outs of adoption like i'm i don't know like i I know the process to a certain degree because i follow i follow instagram accounts where uh that like their their families basically their whole families have been adopted um so i know from like following them i kind of know the process but mm-hmm. not as well as if I like adopted somebody. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely in the dark about the whole process. I have like, like uh, I can count on like one hand, like the amount of like adopted friends that I have, but I, I don't pry or, or I haven't really pried too much into their lives about that mm-hmm. particular subject. Um, but from what I've heard from them, they've all had good experiences um, post adoption. I don't really know what life was like you know, pre-adoption for them. Right, like in the foster care system. mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. But however, like once they did find their families, all of them seemed to acclimate really well. So um, my my very brief experience with the adoption process um, through other people has been positive Mm -hmm. as well. And I should say too, so the, the families that I follow on Instagram, they have all adopted from like mothers have found them and so they have already like they adopt from birth 
So they like meet the mother while she's still pregnant. And she says like, okay, you know, like I want you to adopt my baby. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm more familiar with that sort of a process than a process of like kids that are already in foster care. being Uh, adopted. Okay. Just to be right. just to be clear, so because I I yeah, because I'm like it's very different than the situation that happens in this movie because Esther is nine years old and it's and she's been in foster care for like a couple of years and um yeah, so that's just a, it's a different situation than what is occurring in this movie. I yeah. I'm sure it's kind of similar, like a similar process, but I imagine it's a little bit more since she's already like older and she's Mm -hmm. in the system i assume it's a little bit more paperwork or something or like visits i don't know (laughs) (laughs) there there are things involved in that process um but all right then without further ado now that other people know where we stand on the whole like process of adoption and knowledge um erica what is in your notebook okay so my very first note is this is traumatizing um, I don't remember the movie opening like this. I, Me neither. I also, Me neither. <laughs> I also don't remember. I had forgotten this entire element where a uh, tr- trigger warning for anybody that um, this movie does deal with the ideas or with the subject of losing a child, like stillbirth, miscarriages, etc. Mm-hmm. So if that is something that you um are uncomfortable or or you don't want to hear about then just be aware that it is a pretty big part of this movie and it's something that i forgot was a part of this movie and i think Mm -hmm. that it actually makes a lot of sense uh, as far as the actions and the way that characters process things i think that undertone helps you kind of understand a little bit more where they're coming from but yeah, I don't remember this beginning bit at all. And I was like, holy shit, this is this is uh, this is awful. Like, this is <laughs> awful. I don't know if maybe it's because I watched a version that didn't have this in it or mm-hmm. if I didn't, I just forgot. But I was like, this is like a lot. And this is really graphic. And I yeah. don't, I feel like I would remember this because it is so graphic. Yeah, it's like it's graphic, but it's so interesting too because like it is it's almost like a pseudo dream sequence, right? Like it's a it's a right. nightmare sequence, but it's based in reality. Um, so just like you, I didn't really remember the beginning portion. And so I spent a majority of this first scene trying to like figure out what was real here and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it gets revealed very shortly after, like what parts of it were true. Um, but the process of watching it, um, you know, I was clocking like the different like lighting changes that they were making to make it look very surreal and like dreamlike and ethereal. So I was like, okay, this is a dream sequence. Um, but then, you know, as you get deeper into it, they start adding in little details that make you think like, hold on, was this a dream sequence? Right. Is this actually happening right now? Like, is she just like in like a fever dream state right now? It was like, it was very um, disorienting, this first scene for me, um, outside of being just terrifying as well. I was I was struggling to keep up with Kate's uh, mental state and like where she was at and like what was going on, because it 
it was quick. Mm -hmm. Like things just started happening out of nowhere. And I do think that's something that happens throughout this whole movie is like things will just start happening. Mm -hmm. Like there will be it'll be like complete silence, quiet, calm. And then boom, like something's happening just out of nowhere. And like it caught me off guard several, several times while watching this. Oh, yeah. And so we get this scene and. Yeah, it starts off very, very innocent and very exciting and very happy. And then, yeah, you're right. It turns really fast. I mean, I, 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 they do a very good job of making some subtle clues that, like, not all is right here. Um, but mm -hmm. once, yeah, once you get into the delivery room, it is moving a mile a minute. Miss Vera, hello. Hello, <laughs> ma'am. Like, I always forget that she is in this movie. Um and this was at the start of when she had her heel pressed firmly on the horror uh, community. This was like the mm -hmm. beginning. I think she had been in a movie. I looked it up and she has been in another movie about a kid, like a, having a child that is secretly evil named Joshua, which came out like two years prior to this. But okay. this would have been my first time like seeing her really mm -hmm. is in this movie. And oh my gosh, she's I mean, she's always amazing, but she's like really, really fucking good in this movie. Like, yeah, the emotional capacity and the highs and the lows that this character feels throughout this movie and the way that she navigates them is insane. Mm -hmm. And like for us, too, because we've been covering the Conjuring movies, too, we're I think uh, for a lot of us, if that's like the only um, bit of her that you've really gotten to see in terms of like her acting chops, like you get to see her very skillfully portray a version of someone else. Right. But in this movie, we get to see her just be a human. Mm -hmm. And that is so engaging because she's so good at it. Yeah. Yeah. She's insanely good from just from the jump and as i've said i think i've said this before her scream oh i love it i she has such a good scream it gives <laughs> me life um so we meet her i mean her and her husband johnny <laughs> <laughs> said with all of the malice Look, in, guys, in her soul i promise you it brings me no joy to say that this man ain't shit. Like I, I'm exhausted saying it, but <laughs> he really, I, I give Johnny like the smallest, the smallest, tiniest bit of leeway, and I'll explain why a little bit more later. But oh, he is truly not shit. He is infuriating in this film, but in this beginning bit, he seems fine. He's like an okay enough husband he seems supportive enough but with kate's character i think we really see in this beginning that she she has a difficult time being present in what is currently happening in her mm -hmm. life she's always kind of consistently thinking back on these uh, horrible events that have happened to her but right it's really taking her away from what the now she is not entirely there with where her life is going at the moment. And I think that's another thing, too, is 
Kate insists throughout this beginning that she wants to adopt. It is something that she is has been wanting to do, but then at the same time, you really do see that she has some hesitation with it. She expresses it to her therapist and she expresses it to Johnny. And and to his benefit, he does say, hey, like if you we don't have to do this right now, like we can really wait. But she says, no, I want to I want to do it. But Ah, yes, we did get the we don't have to do this in this one. Another (laughs) another horror movie where you had the chance to to step away, but you really did. Plot said no. No, let's do it. But I'm like, if you adoption is not a thing where if if one partner has any type of thought in their mind that maybe they don't want to do this, do not do it because like if the circumstances were different and Esther was not Esther, that's just not fair to the child to have one parent go in unsure and not as into it as the other parent. And this is the very first time where Johnny should have been a little bit more, I think, perceptive and pushed a little bit more and seen where Kate really was rather than being like, okay, cool. Good night. Oh, you're mm-hmm. cool with the adoption? Great. We'll see you in the morning. Like, <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <a> bad idea. That's <laughs> true. It's true. And like, you can, I think what I like is, especially in these beginning scenes, there is a lot of subtext to be read between these characters. And uh, like, I didn't remember their backgrounds, like going into it. But as the movie goes on, you get more of their backgrounds and why there's this building tension between like Kate and John. Right. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy how both of the performers present that in the scenes, because like from they, they are from an outside perspective they're they are a married couple you know they're they're not perfect by any means but like they read as a married couple who have been together for a while and have been through some things um but you can just tell in the way that they navigate each other that there's more to this relationship that you don't know unless Mm -hmm. you've been there you know yeah definitely there's a lot below the surface with them and I appreciate the way that they allow those moments to be revealed throughout this because it it comes in bursts. We don't get all of it at once. We gradually find out about Kate's alcoholism. We, well, we find out about the, the stillbirth, then we find out about her alcoholism, and then we start to kind of get hints that John has not always been super faithful. Mm-hmm. And then we get hints about this accident that happened with Max, who, by the way, is the cutest child. Truly. Oh, my God. That's one thing that I did remember from this movie is how adorable she is. <laughs> and so everything that happens with Max, I remembered because she's so freaking cute. And she's so pure. So and pure. she's so pure. And she's so good in this movie. And because we gave... Um, a quiet place props for this. I do also want to give this movie props for casting an actress who is actually deaf because mm-hmm. Max's character in this movie is deaf. She wears a, a cochlear implant that helps her hear a little bit, but mostly it just helps her that so, so that she can read lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actress that plays her is 
mostly deaf and also wears a cochlear implant. So, yeah, I just wanted to give them props for actually casting um, a deaf actress to play this role because, you know, it it once again, kind of like it is in A Quiet Place, it also becomes a huge factor in this movie, her being able to communicate and her being able to, like, be aware of her surroundings adds to the fear and the terror in this movie. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, too. I'm really glad that they went that route. Um, personally, I actually, I, I really enjoy seeing sign language in movies. Um, I For me, like, that little element um, does wonders in terms of, like, you were saying, um, particular moments of tension when it's like, what can... How, how do the characters navigate certain circumstances um, based on the situation and based on like um, what they can and can't do? I think it really helps elevate a lot of the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also enjoy, too, that although uh, Esther and what she's doing is hella stressful, um, is constantly just on the back of your mind, like, what is this girl doing? Um, but I like that the family drama aspect of this movie is like equally as tense Mm -hmm. as the fear surrounding Esther, because like a lot of my uncomfortability throughout this movie came from the family dynamic and like watching the bits and pieces of, um, their, their relationships, um, deteriorate that's what i was looking for mm-hmm. uh watching their relationships deteriorate was for me just as stressful as watching esther's manipulation as we get deeper and deeper into the movie mm-hmm. yeah this family's got some bagage certainly <laughs> and it's yeah it's interesting the the different dynamics that they have because you also have daniel their son who is admittedly much closer to their father than their mother. And we don't necessarily ever really, I I, I mean, they don't ever explicitly say why. I can only assume it's because he's older Mm -hmm. and he can understand more what's going on. And so he was probably much more aware of the issues and the situations that his mother was dealing with when she was, you know, drinking a lot and like the the strain probably between the mother and the father i just imagine he probably picks up on that a lot more and can recognize that she's not super present whereas max is a little bit younger and doesn't that's not necessarily on her radar she's just you know she because she's still pretty close to the mom it's there they still seem like they have a very nice close relationship despite the accident and everything that happened Right. Um, it doesn't seem to have affected their relationship. Nah, she nice. again because she's just the the beacon of pureness. Um, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> she's she's amazing. <laughs> um, but but I I think you bring up a good point. There is like uh you know Daniel was around for the accident as well, so I'm sure that that um despite him being young um still put some sort of strain on his relationship with his mother. Um, knowing that he almost lost his sister because of his mom's negligence. Like, how much of that he actually um, can conceptualize, we don't really know because we don't get to explore it that much. But I'm sure that had to have some effect on him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And also, 
what does John do for work? Does it ever say that in the movie? I'm not sure. He he does some sort of drawing. Like, I don't know if it's oh, like right. architecture or whatnot, but he's typically, like, the times we see him working, he's, like, sitting drawing. And I don't know if we ever get to actually see what he is drawing, but I know he is drawing. Because he is truly Daddy Warbucks. Because this house... This is a nice house. This is a nice-ass house. <laughs> amazing. Like, I'm... T- like Esther could be Annie in a different universe. Like, <laughs> this could be a very Annie-esque situation. Yeah. Because nope. yeah, this house is insane. It's beautiful. And she doesn't Kate doesn't work anymore. Right. But I I have to think that she probably had a hand in that too, because we get oh, well, that yeah. she before losing her job was a teacher at Yale. So like mm-hmm. she was pull she was pulling in some some coin for sure. Yeah, right. and maybe she's and she but she probably still has some banked up like t- some leftover. But I'm just thinking they have three kids and this beautiful house. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, but you're right. He does do he does do something with art because he is drawing later on. Yeah, um, but we get we get the uh, we get the the family dynamic. We learn a little bit about. The peeps and then we meet um the girl of the hour esther <laughs> the main the it girl the girl everyone can't stop talking about <laughs> it's esther it's esther now first and foremost isabel Furman, fantastic performance here oh yeah um what a because i think um like looking it up i think she was like 12 when she was doing this role mm-hmm. um yeah. which which blows my mind i cannot imagine doing such a nuanced performance at 12 years old but she absolutely slays this character not only that but i felt bamboozled when i realized that she doesn't have an accent in real life i felt really i didn't even know that (laughs) i felt mad stupid (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure (laughs) let me double check this but i'm pretty sure that she's just yeah just has is just she's american like so i'm pretty sure she's just putting on an accent for the movie so you tell me this 12-year-old has more dialect ability than me after four years of college? I'm upset. <laughs> I mean, look, like, she is now, I she is, her, her mother is a Russian-American journalist. So perhaps her mother does have uh, an could, accent. Could and have so helped maybe, out with that, maybe. Yeah, maybe that helps. Maybe she does have a little bit of an accent. But I can swear that... Other things I've seen her in, she is talking with her regular accent, which is just American. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I, w- I want to throw it in there really quickly, though. Um, although I, I think the dialect work was fantastic, um, and I feel like there were points in time where um, the accent was heavier than others, and I think that th- that was on purpose for some of it. Uh, I There were moments where like it slipped in between the two, that I noticed. I don't know if it was like good or bad, but I just I I noticed the moments when I was like, oh, the dialect is a lot heavier right now than right. it is in this moment. And um, they the good they they are they wrote themselves an out for that because you do find out that she's actually Estonian mm-hmm. and not Russian. Mm-hmm. So I guess they kind of wrote themselves a like, oh well, sometimes she's 
sometimes she's switching back and forth between what she's pretending, what she actually is. Okay, but, that's fair. But I, I mean, I don't know if that's actually what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> or and, if and, it's and just... granted, that's that's a, it's a very nitpicky thing. I will I will be on record saying that that's such a nitpicky thing to even be looking for. No, but it go, was something that I noticed. Go ahead, roast this twelve year old twelve year old's <laughs> acting performance. Go for it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Please, you you all knowing thirty year old, tell tell us more about yeah, this twelve year old's fantastic. <laughs> tell us about what you wish this twelve year old did better. And her breakout performance, her very first role. Let me know what you would have improved upon. <laughs> I can very, very adamantly say that I am currently checking myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> and I will retract <laughs> my previous <laughs> statements about her home about homegirl's dialect. She did fantastic. <laughs> she did better than freaking uh Cameron Diaz in Gangs of New York. <laughs> so good kudos to her. Um but yeah, so we meet Esther and she of course is like the picture of elegance when they meet her. Mm -hmm. Um she's like painting these amazing paintings and I like how the dad takes it upon himself to just wander around this orphanage mm -hmm. and just come into the room and check on her. I was like, sir, get back to the party. Why are you just walking <laughs> around this Like, weren't you trying orphanage? to go pee somewhere? Like, what, yeah. what is, what's going on here? Weren't you supposed to go to the bathroom and come back right, like, right away? And instead, he's up there con conversing with Esther, who is, like, charming the pants off of him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, trying to <laughs> literally charm the pants off of him. Um, something that's interesting though that I really noticed this time. Let me first let me say let me ask you this, Roshane. Mm -hmm. How many how many black people are in this movie? <sighs> There's one. And, and how many black people die in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I. <laughs> now, would, would you also like to ask me when in the lineup of dead people the black person is? Because I'll tell you, it's first. It's another one, in case you were wondering. One, one, one. one. <laughs> you might get one, but you just lost one. Because yeah, they, she's in there and she is bows out. Not too like I mean this movie is like two hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they offer in like the first two seconds, but it was you know you it's know you know it's a little bit of a bummer because this is a very um this town. Let's just say the the diversity went to zero when she died unfortunately <laughs> in this town um they did have to update their census when that <laughs> happened but i will say something that i never really paid attention to before that i did notice this time is that sister abigail like the look on her face when she realizes that they found esther it's so obvious that she knows that Esther is a, like there's something wrong with her and so the fact that she doesn't say anything is kind of fucked up you know okay actually I want to talk about that because I didn't read it as that um in the moment I can I can see that um but for me because 
I was going this again. This is a second watch, right? So it's like I know the twist, mm-hmm. um, and I know that there's something up with Esther, like even just from the get, right? Um, but why? I, because of that, I was watching the characters just to see if like there were hints um, of what was going to come, and I, I felt like for me, she not Esther, but um, her look for me was more of just like compassion and like happiness like i i didn't pick up that she knew something was wrong until later on when she gets the information that something was wrong mm-hmm. but but she does we do find out later on that she withheld some information right about her um right. which is why i'm like i can see what you're saying i just like in that moment i didn't feel it well, because the thing about it is, as far as Sister Abigail, I just thought her smile looked a little strained. I do think mm-hmm. that she, I feel like at, when she realizes that they do have a connection, like Kate and John, she probably is like, oh, this is great. Like, maybe this is the family that she needed. Because as far as Sister Abigail is concerned, Esther is just a kid that has some issues and some problems, which is completely fair considering the circumstances that they know her to have, which is that mm-hmm. her family died, her foster family died in a fire and she was the only one who escaped. Like, as far as they are concerned, that is not that big of a deal. Like, it is a big deal because that is something that she will need to work through. But right. if you find the right family and the right people that can help, that could that's okay but at the same time it's like sister abigail if you knew the tea then you probably (laughs) especially because she knows that they have two other kids and if you know that esther has an um has had a history of hurting kids Mm -hmm. that could be kind of cute and fun to let them know (laughs) (laughs) i think there could be something wrong with esther what? What do you mean? You told us that you never had any trouble with her. I didn't. But trouble does have a way of finding her. What kind of trouble? Two girls get into a fight, there she is. Someone gets caught stealing, there she is again. Oh, she's that mean? Let her finish. After you told me about the girl in the playground, I called her old school. While she was there, there was a boy who fell with a pair of scissors in his hand and accidentally stabbed himself through the jaw. And Esther was there again. I don't understand. He accidentally stabbed himself. But the most troubling thing is the Sullivan house fire. I checked into it further. It was arson. They have never found the person who did it. What are you suggesting here? That she had anything to do with any of this? It's ridiculous. That a child could commit such crimes. It it just flies in the face of everything I believe in. Well, yeah. Yeah, I just I I almost feel like it was to devil's advocate. It it was just that moment where she was like, despite these things, um, look, it has been weeks upon weeks saying nobody came here to pick up Esther's. Finally, somebody wants her. You know what? Y'all go be happy. (laughs) You'll be you'll be all right. Well, because we we discover that Esther doesn't she isolates herself from those situations. So mm. she's never at the parties for the parents to come. She is usually off on her own. Which is kind of interesting. Like, that is one thing that I was trying to dissect this time around. Mm. 
uh, is yeah. mm-hmm. Esther's endgame with what she's trying to do each time. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, as we get more into it and, like, as things start to really um, fall to pieces here, uh, we learn more about her past and what happens. But, like, some of her choices, I will say, like, outside of her being batshit crazy, um, I'm like, girl, this, for the grand scheme of things, I don't think you're helping yourself. Like, you, you really, you're setting yourself back with some of these choices just because you got some anger issues. Right. Because, you, yeah, you have to wonder, like, if your whole thing was that you want to be part of a family so that you can seduce a husband, wouldn't you try and be down there and make yourself known so that you could scope out the scene almost like Mm -hmm. a a tinder situation and then you know see if there are any families but i i wonder if she always just watches from the window and maybe she saw john and she was like ah but then at the same time the only reason john found her is because he was being sneaky yeah and like wanted to be all snoopy that's what so, that's what I mean. It's like it doesn't strike me like she really wanted to get adopted into a family. Like she she didn't seem to be actively trying to do that. Which, based on what we know to be true about her later, I would think that she would be always like every family that comes in, she'd be like, "Let me come look at my Picasso gallery yeah, upstairs. My, my um, look at how articulate I am. I am so much better than all these other girls. Please adopt me." Like I'm surprised yeah. that she didn't have that sort of air to her i suppose she was on her like her siren shit she was like i'm just gonna sing and whoever gets lured to me that's the one <laughs> that's the <laughs> one that belongs with me but yeah you're right because she does she does say something where she's like i guess i'm just different from them and i was like "Ooh, she's quirky <laughs> <laughs> oh she's fine okay Ooh, okay she's a little weird and, and kooky she's different from the other girls downstairs mm-hmm. but um oh go ahead no, I was I was just gonna say like for me like once she does you know once she does end up getting adopted though one of the biggest tragedies in this movie for me is Max losing her friend um, oh, yeah because before shit hits the fan seeing them navigate each other Max seems so freaking happy to have a sister and she is just eating up this this relationship that she's getting to build with Esther the fact that Esther's learning sign language to actually communicate with her i i think like brings her so much joy and i almost wonder like if max truly was um an innocent for her like i i wonder if things didn't go the way they did whether or not um Esther would have tried to maintain her relationship with Max because it seemed like for the most part, like they actually got along. Um, Yes, she does manipulate her later on. But in the beginning, that bit to me outside of maybe she's just that good of an actress towards the family, like she seemed to genuinely care. Yeah, she did. But it's hard because it's like I do think that she was really uh, yeah she was really nice and really awesome with max to some capacity but i also feel like she always was planning on using max as something she could use to her advantage because Mm -hmm. she kind of quickly realized that max could easily be you know swayed to her side and she could use the well i'm your sister and like i love you thing to her benefit and so i feel like she very very 
quickly was like, okay, this is great. I have someone who I can have as an ally who can help me do all the shit I need to do and who will back me up. Because that's what she needed. She needed someone. Daniel didn't like her, but she Mm -hmm. needed someone who could back up her stories and who could say, oh, no, that wasn't her fault. Because if she didn't have that, then she would have been caught uh, probably a while ago. But she always had Max to be like, no, like... It was an accident or blah, 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 blah. That's not really true. worked to her advantage. Because I, I think that she, I think that's why she learned sign language so fast so that she could communicate with her mm-hmm. and, you know, say the things that she needed to say, but also to get her on her side. Right, right. You're, you're right. You're right. I just, I know I just you wanted to live. see Max happy. I that's know all. you do. I know you do. Uh, but also that is tragic however i i would i would venture to say perhaps daniel's story is going <laughs> maybe a step worse <laughs> just a skosh worse on the, that's, on... that's that's true but I, I mean all right look he was right okay like he was right but he he came he came in hot from the get he you know he he was hot. angsty i don't like your ass like from the moment she walked even before she went crazy cuckoo he yeah. was like i don't like you yeah uh, if and if this was a different story and esther was not this like he was being an asshole he was like making her life very difficult and i like how the thing that he freaked out about was the fact that she cut her steak up before eating it like she cut it into cut it all the pieces up rather than cutting them one at a time mm-hmm. and he was like you freak you crazy <laughs> animal and i was like wait a minute nah, okay. is that wait, a that, weird that, way to eat point, steak nah, at that point nah, he was just fed up with her like he was at that point where her were like if she breathed in a register that he wasn't used to he would have called her out about it yeah. like but he was drinking warm milk for dinner and he had the audacity to tell her she was weird (laughs) for cutting her steak (laughs) Uh, so another this is like slightly veering a little bit but just to throw it out there too with the with the reveal of like who she actually is um it really makes these earlier scenes a lot weirder and creepier when you like know the background because like I, i don't think i ever planned on doing a second watch of this movie but doing it really gave context to some scenes where I'm like, oh, this feels real weird. Like every time she's acting like a little girl becomes so just like kind of cringe once, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't know. It just it weirded me out a lot. Oh, yeah. Especially. Especially. When her and Max come into the room when there's lightning and she mm-hmm. says oh we're scared and she's like oh i want to sleep next to daddy yeah not only the fact that she just wants to sleep next to him so that she can cuddle with him but the fact that he probably is still like trying to get his boner down from <laughs> right. banging his wife had me sh- oh had me oh, oh had me scrunching up because i was like this is ew, this is really yeah, honestly gross. every time she said daddy it made me less like cringe in my seat i was like i don't like yeah. this i don't like this at all <laughs> god yeah because she is just from the minute that they that she's taken home she is all over him even that hug that she gives him in the very beginning lasts for way too long Mm -hmm. um when she's like staring at daniel Mm -hmm. yeah she is all over him and 
All right, let's just talk. Yeah, let's talk about um, John and his inability to believe a single word that comes out of his <laughs> wife's mouth. <laughs> yeah, John's so fucking frustrating, dude. He's so like he's one of the he's portrayed as one of those characters where it's like the fact that his partner had some had any sort of flaw, he's latching onto that for all of time in existence like mm-hmm. until until the big bang destroys the earth he will never <laughs> truly forgive kate for what happened in the past and i was like she was trying to save your children my guy fuck yeah and and it's so funny because he's he acts like he's forgiven her but he definitely hasn't and i think she really picks up on that because he gets mad at her for mentioning his affair that he had like 10 years ago i guess but he only told her a couple years ago mm-hmm he gets mad at her for mentioning that and he's like well i forgave you and it's like no you didn't like you (laughs) you make her feel shitty about it all the time and i think an issue that both of them have throughout this movie that they refuse to address is that you can't if you're going to say that you forgive someone for something you can't consistently keep bringing that same issue up every time there's a separate issue like you can't be they're so stuck in these past moments that they're allowing them to affect the present. But it's like if you said you weren't going to do that, then, then don't do that. Because I will say I get where he is coming from in this instance of feeling frustrated and accused because he did push back against this woman that was obviously hitting on him. But he, you know, did not fall into temptation. I guess you should say like he was just like it was a casual thing. So I get where he's coming from and why he feels upset that he's being accused. But like you can't both of them just need to get both of them just need to stop doing what they're doing and deal with the problems at hand. So that's the reason I feel like he refuses to admit that anything is going on with Esther is because he's so focused on Kate's past problems that he just assumes it's her being dramatic. She's been lying to me this whole time. I think she just wants to spend time with you. It's hardly a lie, honey. You wouldn't know. Honestly, you wouldn't know. She's always on her best behavior with you. She's completely different with me. So what are you saying? She threw a fit at school. She pushed Brenda at the playground. So now you're saying that was her fault? I don't know, honey. I don't know. I wasn't there. You were supposed to be watching them. Oh, come on. It was an accident. Okay, let's not blame her for anything. Fine. I'll take a word for everything. Should I just believe what she said about you and Joyce Patterson, too? What did she say? She says that you were hitting on her. What? Oh, come on. She must have misunderstood. Like... Did she invite you over? She, uh, she asked me to help her move a chair. She did? Yeah. I blew her off. Oh, God. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me? Because Why? I, we could have laughed about it. No, I knew you were how hiding you'd, it. Because honey, I knew how you'd react. Kate. Kate, you can't get jealous of every woman that I talk to, right? It's been like ten years. What does it mean? It's been ten years. You say that like it, it actually means something. It's only been two years since you told me. No. How sorry I am. I just feel like I've earned a little trust here. I gave you a second chance. That's not fair. That's not fair. Let me get this straight. We can talk about my mistakes, but not yours. I was sick. You're an asshole who wanted to fuck somebody.
else. So the the little bit of leeway that I mentioned earlier that I was giving to John throughout this movie was that I get it, right? She's a child. And not only that, but you can tell that he is really, really, really doing his best to try and be accommodating. And he really wants her to feel like part of the family. Like You mm-hmm. can tell that that's very important to him. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, he already knew that Kate was tentative. And so you could almost see from his point of view that he feels like he she's taking out the uncertainty that she had on Esther, which mm-hmm. would not be fair if that was the, the circumstances, which is why I said that was the case they should have never adopted but where he lacks is he's so worried about making esther feel comfortable that he has never even thought about how to handle if his family is not adapting correctly and to also make them feel comfortable and so he like completely just excludes his family to cater to this one person now in the family instead of Mm -hmm. saying like we need to focus as a group he's like he makes it all about esther and it comes it eventually gets to a point where it's like dude you were will if your whole idea is that esther may have issues acclimating to this family and that she you know that being adopted might be hard for her to deal with if that is the case why is it so crazy for you to also admit that as a result of that she may actually be acting out and doing these things that your wife says she's doing like mm-hmm. why is that so crazy to fathom for yeah him? <laughs> that was that was the most frustrating thing about him is like a lot of the things that kate was telling john that she was doing or like the signs that she was presenting of like hey something's up were not outrageous like they were based on factual things that were happening and she's like hey look i know we got into this thing together i know we like esther but like look dude like some shit's going down here do you want to have an actual conversation about this he's just so fucking dismissive every single time and like it's doubly frustrating too because like take for instance the slide moment um mm-hmm. when she straight up tries to murder a child <laughs> off a slide yeah and um he just for the life of him cannot accept the fact that maybe she maliciously pushed someone off of this slide um and i think especially because of the fact that he knows that he wasn't watching the kids like he was supposed to be mm-hmm. doing like he knew he was at fault And so I think because of that, it made him so dismissive of that moment. But then when you fast forward, um, he is so quickly able to believe that the tiny little baby grip that she had upon Esther's arm was somehow enough to shatter it completely through the bone. Like his ability to believe certain aspects of things that are happening versus others was completely skewed to just benefit him and that was so freaking annoying right and it's like especially to the the thing with the slide thing that really like boils my blood is that 
they know, both Kate and John know, that the girl who got hurt was bullying Esther. Mm -hmm. So, like, why would they have been playing with each other in the first... If it was an accident, you're saying that they were playing with each other and, and she fell, she slipped or some shit. Why would they even have been doing that? Like, why is it so crazy to think that Esther would fight back at a bully? And even if that was the case, like why is that dude just admit it and say okay yeah she might she did that let's talk to her about the situation instead of just being like nope 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 there's no way it's like but why not and and also later on kate is like it, it becomes more about kate being worried about her children's safety mm -hmm. and it's like, dude, those are your kids, too. Like, if all she's worried about are the kids' safety, then why don't you just say, okay, like, I'll take Esther or, you know, you know, like, he's he's so convinced that it, that it's a Kate problem. But if it was just a her problem, why would she be so worried about, like, the kids and their safety? And he doesn't pick up on any of the cues. Max is obviously so scared of Esther, and she always is flinching when Esther's around. He doesn't pick up on any of those cues. Daniel is freaking the fuck out for half the movie. He doesn't pick up on any of those cues. And and it's like he just refuses. Even if he doesn't want to admit that Esther is doing some of the more sinister stuff that she's doing, he refuses to even be a parent to her. Because even the smallest things, like Kate not wanting Esther to cuss in front of the other kids and how... Her seeing them having sex is like obviously Kate is still reeling from that. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't even give it. He just wants to wipe that under the rug. I'm like, bro, it's your fault. You wanted to bang your wife so badly you couldn't get to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. You had to do it in the kitchen. And also, bro, don't be cooking that fucking steak on that same counter that you met <laughs> your wife over on. It's <laughs> another conversation. But anyway, he had to have sex there, and he doesn't want to like. He refuses to ever take responsibility That's for any of the things that are happening in their life. And I'm like, at least be a parent to her. You're not even willing to discipline her in any way, shape, or form. And if there are times when the serious conversations need to happen, he always makes Kate do it. Like, why did Kate have to talk to her about the sex thing? Mm -hmm. Why couldn't you talk to her about that? Like, why didn't you talk to her about the flowers thing? Why didn't you talk to Esther about that? Like, that's a huge deal. And she doesn't get any, she doesn't get reprimanded for that at all because her bone is sticking out of her arm. This man's logic is so flawed that he is just so ready to blame Kate for anything wrong that happens. And I think it's because he himself is walking on eggshells because he knows that he fucks up all the fucking time. And whatever happened in his past, I think, is affecting his present. Um, and for him, it's probably just easier to place that blame on Kate because Kate isn't perfect either. Like, she... She has thing issues that she's working through, but she's mm -hmm. actively working on them. She has given you proof that she is working on herself, and yet you're continually putting these different um, these different events that are happening on her shoulders. And it's like, right. bruh, get your yeah. shit together. And you know who else wasn't shit while we're on this tangent is that goddamn therapist. I don't know why Kate <laughs> is still gonna go see her. Dude. Or the Dr. Brewer. No, Do she said she didn't ever want to see her again. Okay, because Dr. Brewer can choke, man. I was, I was so Brewer, annoyed. Sincerely, get your license revoked. 
from and that's from both of us that's from the sign the homies of horror how about that because <laughs> yeah dr brewer is great in the beginning like and and that's you're right it's like kate is always willing to admit that she had some issues or, or and still continues to have issues because even with the alcohol thing she's like dude yeah i bought the bottles i was gonna do it changed my mind like she's mm-hmm. willing to admit these things and I think that a lot of that is because, you know, she is having these sessions with Dr. Brewer, who in the beginning, it seems like she is helping her quite, quite a lot. But like. It just felt like kids lie like that didn't ever occur to her that maybe she was saying all of the right things because she wanted Kate to look like the bad guy. Like that's something that she never even uh, like thought about especially because it's like dr brewer you have been seeing kate for who it seems like a very long time now and and something that it seems like happens often is that kate at least if nothing else tells the truth and is honest with her feelings and you hear her now saying that she is experiencing something very different with esther mm-hmm. and her husband's sitting there looking smug in his khakis like <laughs> oh everything's fine and you don't think oh well maybe esther could have been just saying all the right things like yeah and granted now of course this isn't a real therapist this is someone playing a therapist so some of the science may not pan out right but it was it was annoying for me that like every issue that kate had was related to her drinking and that accident like that mm-hmm. there was no way that anything else could potentially be a factor for the things that are happening other than, yeah, but you used to drink a lot and you almost let your <laughs> kid die. I think that's what this is. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, there's an evil hell spawn in my house. Yeah, but what about that time when you were drinking and then your kid almost died? I know that that happened. I yeah. addressed that that happened. But also, I think this kid is trying to kill my kids. But you know who else tried to kill their kids? It's like Brewer. Girl. Yeah, like, <laughs> girl, what are you doing? Yeah, because it's all these little things with Esther. And I think that that is what they do very well in this movie is they do a good job of escalating the incidents. They start off kind of small mm-hmm. and then they get weirder and bigger. And but even the little incidents, like it's very clear that Esther is a liar. And that's something that Kate says which is like such a small thing kids lie all the time but that's something that they could address yeah and it's like nobody wants to fucking address it esther's over there playing the piano like she's beethoven right (laughs) all of a sudden and everyone's like oh it's cool she probably just wanted to spend time it's like these little things that both of them are aware of that they could have mentioned that if mentioned to Dr. Brewer, it feels like they wouldn't have given a single fuck and i'm like why is everybody bending over backwards to to cater to to esther and 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 like i said i know how important it is to make this child feel comfortable but at the same time if they seem like they're comfortable in every aspect of their life but then there's this one weird thing going on then address that weird thing why are we all pretending like we can't see that (laughs) esther that Esther's being fucking weird like if I was if that's what I mean this movie is stressing me the fuck out because like I, I'm because <laughs> you're so frustrated mad. the whole time oh my god the this the bullshit that they put Kate through in this movie is 
is is downright criminal like it's <laughs> it's insane <laughs> it's true i i agree with you and like look homies clearly we're frustrated all right clearly we we're a little heated about how k was treated um but part of this is in part due to esther's um maniacal um but you know pretty she's she's pretty smart about how she's handling oh, yeah. the situation um when she's when she finally starts to do malicious stuff she's not full she's she's not stupid about it mm-hmm. like she she knows how to cover her tracks um we find out later on that she has done this before so she's experienced in this process like this is this isn't her first uh rodeo with this and i do think that that does add in an extra layer um for the characters and for the viewers of just you want you want her to get caught so badly like every time she does something you're like okay look at that clue look at like she left she left you something there that will help you realize that she is the one who is doing this but the characters just can't get it because either she's like you were saying earlier on has max in her back pocket being able to say like well ask max 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 will tell you that i didn't do it or something like that or she straight up threatens Danny being like, look, you say shit, I will cut your dick off. Yeah. Like, Yeah, she's she's like a master's degree in manipulation. And and she she knows exactly what to do to each person to mm-hmm. get them to, you know, bend in the way that she wants. She knows exactly what to say and do to Kate to make it seem like Kate is the one who is emotional and losing it like she knows exactly what to say to her to get her worked up she knows exactly what to say to max so max will keep quiet she knows exactly what to say to john so that he will be fawning over her Mm -hmm. and fucking dude sister abigail tells you to your face that that she's crazy and he's like i just don't get i don't see it i'm like oh my god john when john dies i'm like it's a it's honestly it is what it is. Like I felt nothing. I didn't feel. I didn't feel a single thing. There was no tears. I was like, "Aww." That's uh, like, yeah. you know, actually, you know what? You know what hurt? You know what hurt is Max had to see it. That's the right. only part of that scene that hurt to me. John, you know what? <laughs> that that was on you, bro. I'm I, sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. I looked up from my notebook and I said, "Oh, well." Okay, well, what's next? (laughs) What are we doing next, Esther? (laughs) Who are we killing next? But no, yeah, she knows exactly what to do. And the things that she does, I think, are just enough where in the beginning you could say, oh, yeah, that's I could see a child doing that. But then Mm -hmm. later on, you're like, okay, but then, yeah, it is it is smart enough that an adult would think to do these things and easily cover their tracks because the stuff like i love the playground scene i love when they use childhood things to make them sinister first of all that playground looks amazing it's like the playground of my dreams looks so cool but it's so tense it's like this little girl just walking through a playground and they've somehow turned it into like a haunted house almost Mm -hmm. because around every corner she's expecting to see esther and i mean finally she does but now oh go ahead no i was just gonna say i there there that brought up a con for me that i did want to talk about though was a little bit in some of the shot choices in the movie um 
for one, I feel like Orphan really loves the jump scare and the fake out jump scare. Yeah. Like that mirror scene, the amount of times that we did that in this movie, I was like, bruh, please, <laughs> no mas. 2009, like, yeah. I that, it's like that that for me is a personal pet peeve and it's just from viewing that particular scare so much right of like the someone's looking in a the mirror they move the mirror and they move the mirror back and like either there's going to be something there there's not going to be something there but then like when the movie's aware it tries to like fuck with you and be like ah there's nothing there that time but now there's something there this time you know I was like ah, enough enough <laughs> with this um but I I wasn't a huge fan of the um use of like a lot of jump cuts i felt like this this particular movie was very jump cutty mm -hmm. like scenes were just the scenes felt very um erratic but i think it was just um due to the editing of it it's just like yeah one one motion like one stab could could have been like 10 shots you know like while she's stabbing fucking john like every time she raises her hand up you have to do like six different jump cuts before it actually lands back into his body it's and like yeah yeah it's a lot and so like even with the playground scene like as she's walking through the playground and like she's afraid i did feel tense during that but i felt like every time they did like a fake out jump scare or a jump scare there it killed some of the tension yeah they should have cut out they they could have kept one and then they mm -hmm. should have cut out all the other ones and just had it be like more quiet and more still yeah just I let agree. her just let her walk it, after a while it's like okay because it, I, I also don't want to know that all these kids i mean i get it there's a playground but it almost feels scarier if there's less kids around because mm -hmm. i'm like okay those kids were there and those kids were there and those kids were there it's like she's not that far from kids being there so that's not as creepy to me but yeah there's this scene that i always like question why they did this it's it's towards the end when um when kate is hiding from esther and she's like on the roof mm -hmm. and esther's in the window Mm -hmm. And it like <laughs> Esther like checks the wind checks out the window and then she starts to walk away and it pans over to Kate and then it pans back to Esther really fast and she's just in the window and she looks like <laughs> she looks like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like <laughs> like she's just like in the window and it makes that like ding ding noise. Mm -hmm. And she closes the window. It just it makes me laugh every time. It's just so silly. But it's stuff like like they throw a little bit too too many of those. Dun, 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 yeah moments in and it's like like a characters silly. are doing something and then boom there's esther it's like we get it like yeah. she's well she's always watching after the first like two we understand that already like she's she's ever present she's watching everything the characters are doing i, I feel like we get it at that point mm -hmm. yeah so that is one thing where i'm like i it's the it's the, the score with the way that it's shot it, it almost leads into melodramatic territory at mm -hmm. times which isn't too bad most of the time but sometimes it it leads into it makes it a little bit more comedic than i think that they were shooting for in that moment but yeah i agree with that yeah but i mean she it had like she all the things that she does and the way that she coerces people i think is played very very well mm -hmm. in this movie because it's completely different from the adults to the kids because obviously with the kids she's using fear and with the adults she's using this idea of like oh i'm just a kid yeah um and so then we get to the end and right. and real quick before we get into the end too um just to give a little bit more credit i will say that before it gets to like the reveal and everything like that 
again, this was a second watch, so it's like didn't have that initial feeling of like what the fuck is going on. Um, but I do remember not seeing the um not seeing the reveal coming the first time I watched it. I do I oh, did yeah. remember that feeling of like when that reveal did drop, I was like, oh shit, that is not where I thought this movie was gonna mm-hmm. go. No, yeah, I agree with that because it definitely does play like any other, like The Omen or The Bad Seed or, you know, any other movie about... There's like an evil kid is doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not... You don't see that aspect of it. And so you get to the end and Esther... Once again, John is just fucking doing the least. Um, (laughs) And I do kind of hate... I do kind of really hate actually that he's drunk during this ending right because he is so sluggish and i feel like it would have been better if he was more alert and he had more of a realization of what was going on and he had that more of a moment of oh my god she was right the whole time before he died because the way that it is now he is just just slowly walking through the situation and it's really frustrating because i don't feel like he has the urgency or the wherewithal that i want him to have in this scene it's almost just like what she's she's bad wait she's hitting on me huh the electricity's Mm -hmm. out and i wish that he because i'm also like dude your kid like max is here i want you to have more some give me some chutzpah like why are yeah. we just wandering through the halls like come on <laughs> yeah no i i get that and i didn't catch it or anything but like he was just drunk right like she didn't like drug him or anything like that i, yeah. I wasn't sure no he like drank her whole bottle of wine gotcha left him, basically <laughs> yeah i think i it's hard to say because that's not the version that we got, but I would have loved to have seen what you said, like some urgency there of like, let him realize something is going wrong and let that be the the inciting incident to have Esther act immediately. Like, a- a- as it stands right now, we get the reveal once he finally gets into a room and sees the uh, like black light paintings yeah. that she's been doing, which look cool like it it's a it it's a cool effect that was added um i don't know if it did anything for me but i did think like oh that that's cool i guess yeah i do like the black light thing because they even use it a bit in the end credits i do like this idea and it's of, in the it's in the beginning credits too mm-hmm. a little bit like they a sprinkle bit, it on yeah because i i think it plays on the theme of this which is like everything can look so normal on the surface and mm-hmm. then when you flip the switch hidden behind that is something really dark and i do feel like that's the case for esther of course but even for this family i do think that at times they give off this idea that everything is fine when underneath they're still struggling with these issues that have been plaguing them for me for years so i like the uv idea for that but I, i i agree with you though that I like that and I like him discovering that, but I feel like he should have, if he was not drunk, mm-hmm. 
it should for me the discovery should happen when she's hitting on him because yeah. that is we're crossing a line like we, we have gone so far past the line it doesn't even exist anymore and if he was not drunk he would know that i hate that that happens and he sends her to her room and then he still is like checking for her and being yeah, like esther that... i'm sorry like bitch if you don't get the fuck out and take max with you like stop yeah i wanted i i definitely wish that that moment was more of like a what the fuck and yeah. like made him activate i hate that he somewhat amuses it for a second like outside of that just feeling incredibly fucking uncomfortable um i think it just <sighs> It, it was an opportunity to give this character even, like, a semblance for me of, like, a redemption. Right. Um, but as things play out, he just goes out like a fucking chump. And, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But I think there could have been more used there in that moment. Yeah, I definitely think they could have approved. I, I like this ending. Like, the reveal is is great i like the reveal yeah the reveal is awesome i i love the way that they slowly do the reveal while mm -hmm. she's doing the reveal yes. um also the makeup to make her look old was i think really good i yeah. it was like just enough for me for me to believe the story i was like yeah i believe that was a 33 yeah. year old they did it they did a good job and i even with you know and this is isabel Furman doing this but even the way that she now holds herself and is acting it's you can she's aged herself up which mm -hmm. great but i i just feel like they miss some some moments that like the the end is a misstep to me in comparison to how strong the rest of the film is mm -hmm. i just feel like it doesn't have the it doesn't have the urgency that i wanted to have and it starts with john being mm -hmm sloth and then it goes into she gets there and there's this whole thing in the greenhouse with max and then they leave and then the police come and you're like this is the end but it's not and mm -hmm. it just feels like we have multiple endings and right. i don't think that we necessarily needed so many endings i think we should have chosen one or the other because as it stands it feels like too much yeah, I almost wish like the police got there a little bit later so that we just yes. went greenhouse directly pond and then police. Yes. So I think the police broke up the tension a bit. Um, like I was glad that the greenhouse wasn't the last bit because I would have been salty if this mastermind was defeated by being <laughs> flattened <laughs> by mm -hmm. Kate's body. Like that's just how she once she fell through the roof gave her the people's <laughs> elbow and that was a wrap <laughs> like i did yeah. i did enjoy the pond tussle but i think in combination to how we got there i agree with you it felt mm -hmm. like the pacing was off it's there and that was actually real quick something that was another con for me is i did think that the pacing of this movie was strange in places mm -hmm. there are times where it worked for me and then times where I feel like they were really trying to like stuff a bunch of different events into like 10 minutes just to like move the story along that like had me um, a little disoriented. Yeah, that's no, I, I'd agree with that. It, it seems to me that. You know, the, the parts that feel off for me. Um, like 
pacing wise are the investigation parts like when she's trying to like calling the institute and discovering who esther is i feel like that could have been spread out better Mm -hmm. um and i honestly think that part of that is because once sister abigail is gone there's a lot of chunk where it's like cat knows something's wrong but nothing is really happening from that and then when she calls the institute all that stuff happens in like 10 minutes and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's it's on and yeah. i and i wish it was like spread out a little bit more but i i agree with you i think that the police coming so early feels it feels strange to me that once the police got there cat wouldn't have immediately ran to them and that she just mm-hmm. continued to sit in the snow in the woods i mean it's i feel like as soon as she sees them why wouldn't she go directly back to the house or scream for help or something so then when esther comes and they're fighting i'm like girl the police are literally right next door <laughs> like, yeah they're right there yeah. and then and then esther dies three times and, and for <laughs> a human being i think that's too many times <laughs> i agree i agree though the, the the kick to the neck and i'm not your fucking mom it was a good one-liner i'll give yeah, it to you that's it, was a, the it was a nice one-liner and the effect of her neck like kind of snapping when she gets kicked i enjoyed that yeah um but i agree she she got a little terminator there towards the end <laughs> yeah I was like, we could have, we could have maybe like trimmed off one of these lives here and and called it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely think that because I I think if they had just had more of a tussle in the greenhouse, mm-hmm. that that would have made more sense if they had had a little fight and either Esther chased them to the lake or Cat chased Esther to the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have made more sense to me. Um, now this is not like completely unrelated, but it was just a funny moment that I put in my notes here that I wanted to bring up though, is the, the brief moment in the greenhouse where Kate is up top watching Esther like shoot at Max, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that Max can't hear it. Uh, it was just a beautiful moment of innocence for me where it's like Max is out here literally pulling a Neo dodging bullets. And I don't think she realizes it at all because she doesn't have her hearing aid in. Mm -hmm. So it's like. It's just the way it's shot. Like when you watch it, she's just like kind of like tippy toeing, like walking through the greenhouse while the bullets are literally flying behind her head. And I'm like, even in the throes of death, Max, you somehow find a way to be so innocent. And that is why you are my favorite character. So cute. And the one scene that I always remember is the scene where she's in the car and it's and oh my God makes it. So it's like going down the hill. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that scene. That's the one that I always remember because it involves Max, obviously. And I always forget, too, that, like, Daniel legitimately almost dies. He almost gets caught ablaze, mm-hmm. which is nuts. And then <laughs> almost gets fucking choked out yeah. or, or smothered. Smothered, yeah, yeah. We've, a, a real, we have given him no love, and you know what? Sorry. Like, you've been overshadowed by Max, but you went through some shit. We recognize that no, and I, we're sorry. I said earlier, yeah, I said earlier that he went through the ringer. I do love that moment because he is, you don't really see the caring side of Daniel too, too much. Mm-hmm. But I do love that moment when he comes in and checks yeah. on Max afterwards. And he's like, I'm going to like figure, of course, because he's talking out loud, Esther can hear him. But he's like, I'm going to figure this out and kind of 
goes on his own little adventure to try and prove to his parents that she is killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, everything goes wrong and we get we get some we do get some cgi flames yeah it wasn't the best but yeah it was 2009 which i don't know if that's an excuse but well i'd rather them use cgi flames and potentially burning a child (laughs) yeah i mean obviously they would have used like a stunt double but i i can understand how that would be very very dangerous considering he's standing on on top top. yeah because that's when it switches to the cgis because he like stands on top of the the treehouse mm-hmm. um but yeah that's also a really good a good scene they all of the sequences where esther is doing her her evil business i think are great i will say i'm the sister abigail scene is is good but it's not great like i i know why they have it in there because they need someone to die mm-hmm but I just I just don't know. I just don't know about it. Yeah, for me, you know what it is about me? Like, outside of the clear shade about our one black character getting offed, um, I, Max is five years old, so I understand why she keeps quiet. I actually don't fault her for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something of a disconnect for me after she gets pushed in front of the car um, where in my head, it's like that the bond is broken now, right? Like even before she murders um, sister Abigail, it's like, you almost killed me there. Like, I think even at five years old, like she registers it. um, And then I honestly think she acts as any five-year-old would moving forward just out of fear. Right. But it was just like, even though I understood from that point on, anytime that she would help, um, anytime that she would help Esther out, I'd be like, Max, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Just sign to your mom. Just yeah. while she's not around, just sign like, hey, uh, yo, Esther killed somebody. <laughs> yeah. But I think that the thing that they did that was smart with that is they have that moment before where Esther points the gun at her. And I think yeah. it's the first moment where Max is kind of like, this is really scary and this girl is really like violent. And then obviously she sees her kill an adult. And so when Esther tells her like, I'll kill your mom if you say anything, I could totally see why Max is like, okay, yeah, you would. Cause you're like so capable. I will also say it was very smart of them to have that gun be a part of it because Esther having a gun as her weapon for the later parts of the very movie useful make a lot of sense yeah because mm-hmm. I, I can't like she has a knife but she uses that kind of like as a last resort type of thing i think the thing about the sister abigail scene is that i don't like them killing her like being able to hammer her all those times and drag her around and they're so small and like and her car is right off the road it just seems like i wish that they had done it as more of a secret i feel like they did it this way as kind of like a big event but Mm -hmm. i wish that would have been more of a smaller secretive thing because i have a hard time believing that they would have gotten gotten away away with with it it, especially because there was a car coming yeah it's that it's that it's that oncoming car that kind of fucks with it because the fact that that car doesn't register that the there's a car that looks like it's clearly cracked on the side <laughs> yeah. of the road. Um, it's a little, it's a little um, odd. 
odd, yeah. Yeah, but also, like, because if you're going to kill Sister Abigail, then, like, do it in, a, like, a slightly better way for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, that was, like, one of the more, like, horror movie kills, though. I'll give them that. Sure, like yeah. Yeah. They, they went for it, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Eh, eh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no you're you're right that was definitely more of one of the more horror-esque parts of this movie um but yeah that was that was orphan is there anything else that you wanted to discuss about the movie i will say there's a part in this where kate takes up one of her pills and it looks like a rock it's the right biggest pill I, saw, I've I know ever exactly seen. what you're talking about what was that it looked like a dinosaur egg <laughs> huge i don't know it it looked like two or three grape flintstones vitamins stuck together <laughs> what <laughs> it was like all i know is it was ginormous i've never seen a pill that big and i was like it made my throat hurt Watching her swallow it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I I clocked that. I was like, "This is." It, it, I more so clocked it because it was so much larger than the first pill. Like it was clearly a different pill than mm-hmm. the one she took before. And like, this is okay. It's kind of strange, but <laughs> yeah. I did notice. I did notice. I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird." Um, but no, I think that's. I think that's like most of my thoughts about about Orphan. I I think we covered pretty much everything. I talked my shit about the characters that I wanted to talk my shit about, and I, I feel mm-hmm. satisfied about that. Correct. I agree. I do agree with that. Oh, also that... Nah, fuck that little girl. That little girl was a little asshole, though. Like, oh, I'm glad bully? that she didn't die-die, but I wasn't that mad that she got pushed off. Yeah, she was being... <laughs> yeah, she was being a real, a real dick, like, the whole time <laughs> for absolutely no reason, as bullies, you know, always are. But that's what I... Yeah, if this was, like, a different situation than... She and Daniel would be the villains of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but okay, what should we rate this out of? Um, hmm. we could rate this out of oversized vitamins. Um, mm-hmm. oversized uh, ribbons. Ribbons, ribbons is good. Oh, I'm down for ribbons. We can do that of ribbons. ribbons. Okay. Yeah, let's do ribbons. All right. Do you want to go first? Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, what do I want to? Okay. All right. So I'm gonna give Orphan. Uh, I'm gonna give Orphan three and a half ribbons out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say I think that rating I want. That for me is a rating on a second watch, by the way, because I do think like your second watch of this movie is much different than your first watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me overall, I still enjoy the movie a lot. Um, I, I like the premise. I think the performances across the board are actually all really good. Um, all of my cons were we talked about already is kind of in the some of the editorial choices i want to say i'm not really sure if it was directorial stuff with with the way that the shots were were um crafted or if it was something that um got tweaked in post but there were a couple moments that didn't really work for me in that regard and then some of the characters were just absolutely infuriating um i feel like pacing was something that i wish was tweaked a little bit more 
But outside of that, I really enjoyed the movie. And even the second time through, knowing the twist at the end, I was still able to watch, be very engaged. And again, one more time, I do want to give a shout out to how great I think all the performance were across the board. So Mm -hmm. uh, 3.5 ribbons out of five for me. I'm going to give this movie a 3.9 ribbons out of five. Um, Yeah, this is a good movie. This is a really good movie. It's very stressful. It's not a movie that I would look to rewatch often because every single time I watch it, I get stressed out. Um, But you're right. Yeah, the performances in it are awesome. I think that the things that Esther does in this movie are fantastic examples of having a character be realistically manipulative in a movie and having it make sense for each character i like watching her and how she escalates the things that she's doing to this family i think that is very interesting and very scary and also for a two-hour movie i i feel like it the time moves by fairly well like that i i never had a point where i was like oh my god is this almost over the pacing in certain places is not totally balanced you're right like some parts it's picking up like crazy and then other parts it's like everything slows down however i still didn't feel the length of this movie the biggest con for me is that they do such a great job with the build-up they get to the reveal which is awesome but then it almost dives from there and the ending of this should have been refined and then i felt like this would have been like a really equal movie tonally and also of course there are some moments in this where they add in unnecessary jump scares because i don't really feel like this needs to be a jump scary movie i feel like the Mm -hmm. situation of it is scary and that's what we're focused on and so when they jump then they add in these like random jump scary moments it almost feels like it should be from a different movie so yeah 3.9 ribbons out of five very nice all right and that was orphan Ooh, another discord decides in the books thank y'all homies for submitting those votes we appreciate y'all as always for that Yes, thank you to everybody who voted. Um, If you guys want to be able to vote for our next Discord Decides, you know what you need to do. You need to go to the link in our social media bios, hit that Discord link, and slide through. Come and chit-chat with us. The other homies are in there. And like I said, we'll be having Discord Decides every month. So if you want to get in there before the one for February, now is your chance to do it. Um, also, if you want to talk to us elsewhere, you can always find us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. You can email us recommendations, requests, and business inquiries. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. Today is Monday, and Monday means that it's homie hangout night over on Twitch. That's right. Every single Monday night, we stream over on Twitch. We play some spooky games. We usually talk a little bit more about the movie that our episode was on, and we just kind of chit-chat with the homies in general. So if that sounds like something you'd be into, then you can also find the link for our Twitch in our social media bios. Hi, homies. Editing Erica here again. Um, Two appearances in one episode. What a treat. Um, I just wanted to pop in and say 
though we didn't mention it in the episode, I did want to let you guys know, just in case you haven't heard, that there is going to be a prequel to the Orphan movie. And it is also going to be starring Isabel Furman. She's going to be reprising her role as Esther. Um, so, yeah, that should be interesting. I think it's called Orphan the First Kill is the full title. But if you would like to hear our thoughts on the idea of a prequel for this movie, we'll discuss it tonight on Twitch. So just another reason to come through on Twitch tonight and hear our thoughts on this prequel news. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. The more we have, the better. It helps more people find our podcast. And also, we just like hearing from you guys. So if you haven't done that already and you would like to, we would love that for you. And also, Spotify lets you rate podcasts now. So if you listen to us through Spotify, super easy. Go to us. There's a little star right under our name. Hit that and you can rate us on there as well. And so, yeah, if you have either of those and that's how you listen to us, then please let us know how you're feeling about the show. But that's it for us today, homies. We hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and we will be talking to you again in february (laughs) catch you next time homies bye